When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, <laughs> and welcome. Where'd he go? Oh, are you doing the elevator thing? I like it. Like <laughs> wrong it. side <laughs> of 30. There it is. <laughs> I am your host, Brandon. I am joined by Mr. Billy. Say hello, Mr. Billy. Yo. And Keisha Topangin. Oh, you're done. Hi. Hi. I'm here. <laughs> Just drop the music out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So what a... I think it's been about a month since we recorded. Who are you people? <laughs> so you might have noticed our releases are getting a little bit more consistent. So our recordings. So uh, that's something that we are looking forward to, giving more regular content more often. Uh, but unfortunately, in order to do that, we have uh, launched a Patreon, so you're going to have to deal with us pushing our Patreon. So go to patreon.com and search wrong side of 30, and by the time this comes out, that should exist, because it doesn't <laughs> exist oh right my now. God. Yeah, I, I barely got Brandon to finally like hit go on that. No one's going to do it! No, no you general. weren't. You were going to wait. No, I'm saying no one's going to participate. My mom and my dad will. They'll support us. They got, I gotta they got mug money. <laughs> I got to stop writing checks to my company. It's not <laughs> sustainable. So with your help, we can um, do more content and release some uh, exclusive episodes just to our Patreon subscribers. It's going to be a ton of fun. So I got to say, uh, it was actually pretty fun listening to the episode, uh, the resolutions episode, because of how much has changed and how much we didn't know. Like how we were <laughs> complaining about how 2021 had been so difficult up to that point. And uh, hopefully things were going to get better. And then Texas froze. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. I almost died in that. That was a pretty bad, pretty bad time. Yeah, Keisha and I were a lot luckier. We didn't lose power because we were on like uh, special grids. Like I live next to a, uh, a water treatment plant. Um, so I didn't lose power. Keisha lives, I don't know, you live next to- I, I don't know. I think it's because I live by like a, a historical, living historical farm. <laughs> Maybe that's why. They don't even I use don't electricity. Know. I don't know why I didn't lose no, power. No, no, Honestly, wait, 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 I should have lost power. Pioneer Farms, they, they don't even, they didn't have power. They teach blacksmithing classes, so why would they need power? To fi to power to start the forges and to keep them going. I don't know, but I didn't lose power, so I'm very grateful for that, Pioneer Farms. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yes. I uh, raced the storm from Dallas to Austin the week before it hit. So you remember the news story in Fort Worth where uh, 120... 22 deaths? Yeah, 122 car pileup. I drove on I-35 that day, luckily from Dallas and not Fort Worth, but definitely only made it 90 miles. Definitely saw a dead body <laughs> driving. Like <gasps> a Oh no. Cadillac Escalade had swerved off the road and gone like 60 or 80 yards off the highway on like 
over a hill, was upside down, smushed. First responders were just like swarming to the car, like running across the snow. And there was 22 dead just in that one pileup. Yeah. That doesn't include all the other accidents around that city, our city, around the state. And then all yeah. the people that died in the last week, like I think in tech in just in Austin, the Austin area, it's looking at like about 100 people or 100 deaths. But they don't know who's just dead in their house. Jeez. Sure. Those lives do not exist anymore. Those people lived decades and decades and decades and are just gone forever. Like a little time it's capsule so... for other people to find, including their corpse. Jeez. It's just so crazy. So, Keisha, you're back together with Dexter. How's that going? Uh, it's, it's a disaster. It's not going anywhere. Well, what do you mean it's a surprise? <laughs> what do you mean Big it's not going surprise. anywhere? I thought things I mean, were good. You were like so happy. You were like rehabilitating well, him in our eyes last week. You were like, guys, I'm the one. I kind of ruined my reputation. What happened? Oh, my freaking. Okay, so, you know, you guys make fun of my top five not being good. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and not really being a accurate. top five. Yeah. So, apparently, my top five um, was... So bad that he heard my top five. In the, which last which week. episode? Not last episode. The, the one before. Not the resolutions. What, what was the one that we did before? Regrets. regrets. So he heard your regret top five. Your top five from the regrets yeah, episode. Yeah, which was like my top five regrets in relationships, uh -huh. right? So like it was me being like super genuine. Yeah, this and was honest. like the one that was the first good top five in like a full exactly. Year. Yeah, to be fair, only good top five. <laughs> <laughs> so he he heard it right, and he was like, you know, that was a good episode. He's like, I listened to your top five though, and you know, it really. I don't know. It just made me realize a few things. What? And I'm just like. Here we go. So he was like, you know, I, I, I listened to your top five and it just made me realize that there's just a lot of things that you need to work on. What? <laughs> that it's just too much. And I don't want to deal with that. You're Wait, too did, much. Did he check out? He straight up was just like, I don't want a difficult relationship. <laughs> um, oh, my God. I want things to be easy. Why did he go and... through the trouble of telling you this? He could have just killed you and collected your bones. <laughs> so this is because of the podcast? So because of this podcast, you have negative one boyfriends? Well, he... negative two? The podcast... Listen, <laughs> if it takes a top five to make you want to end things with me, that's fine. But, like, there was definitely other things going on. Like, we were... We had been arguing about stuff before. And, you know... One thing I will say is like if an ex ever tells you a year later that they come back and they're like, I'm a changed man. I've learned a lot. Bitch, they did not do shit. They did not <laughs> learn a lot. All they got good at was hiding and suppressing the shit that you did not like about them for an extended period of time. So all of the stuff we fought about was not there for the first two months. And then it started bubbling up again. And I'm like, this is the same fucking conversation. This is the same shit we were talking about every single time. Well, honestly, I knew you were in trouble. How did you know? When you were like, I don't even remember why we broke up. That means you guys did not reconcile the core problem last time. Right. You, so the good news is. The core problem I, was him and you've had him removed <laughs> like a polyp. <laughs> well, he. Just kidding, Dexter. Please don't kill me. Please don't kill us. My, we love you. Here's, here's, we choose here's you. My thing. If we could, we'd choose here's, here's, you over. Here's my thing, guys. So he was he gave this whole speech, and I was just like, okay, 
And he was just like, well, it's not because I don't care about you. Like, I love you and all this stuff. But it's just it's just really difficult. It's not the kind of relationship I need right now. I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm a hard person to date. It's fine. And then he started, like, getting kind of emotional. And I'm just like, bro, pick a lane. Like, are you sad that we're ending? Or you don't want to date somebody that, that you, quote, unquote, you say is difficult? Like, I don't know what you want me to do. In fairness to him, I've faked emotion before when, like, breaking up with someone in order to, like... Soften the blow. Yeah, but you're a sociopath. I am. He's a psychopath. There's a difference. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if it was like, I, I don't know. He may have been expecting me to be like, no, please. But like, honestly, like, I'm just, I was so tired and I'm just like, fine, whatever. So knowing that Dexter is a dedicated listener and he probably wants to hear our thoughts about your breakup, which means he's definitely listening, listening right now. <laughs> You're our favorite. We love you, Dexter. I, I regret calling you Dexter. I mean, it kind of worked out pretty well for us, but uh, you're a nice guy and well wishes. Yeah, you're a great guy. You know, you deserve better. Uh, Shut the fuck up. <laughs> we have to be nice. <laughs> to everyone, uh, Dexter is no longer in the picture. There will probably be other people with other fake names coming around, but Dexter is uh no longer part of this podcast God, i'm gonna have to go buy like a baby name book <laughs> <laughs> so billy i hear you're getting divorced too oh it's news to me interesting oh shit maggie didn't tell you <laughs> no is she filing yeah we have a separate group chat that's just me maggie and brandon so yeah he, she told us <laughs> good for her that's i mean really she'll thrive she really will <laughs> Oh man, we uh, so we were watching Sideways with my I was my little brother in law was in town for like a month. My my wife's whole family was in town for a month, and uh, so he really wants to be a filmmaker. And so we're watching all these movies, and he likes um, oh who did Sideways? Not Christopher Guest, uh, Alexander Payne. And I realized that if my wife left me, I would be Paul Giamatti's character <laughs> in Sideways, <laughs> unaccomplished, angry. Sad, bitter, George Costanza. Only self to blame. What's that? Yeah, you're, George, George Costanza. Costanza. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't like that one. I, I like the guy from Sideways. Why do you like Paul Giamatti over George? Because Sideways is like a good movie and, and respected. Okay, no one respects I, George. Larry David, then. Yeah, I'll do Larry David. Except Larry yeah. David's like so accomplished. Oh my God! <laughs> that's, what, yeah. that's what doesn't. I don't know. It's tough. It's a. Uh, <sighs> so um. Last episode, we talked about my 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 new arch emesis. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm. I have a bit of an update. One, I haven't figured out if he's the Joker to my Batman or I'm the Joker to his Batman. Could be worse. You could be the Penguin to his Batman. <laughs> That's true. So um, there's a petition to uh, outlaw homelessness in Austin. And, and, you know, like, my whole point is, like, no one likes homelessness. No one likes to see trash. But finding someone and putting them in jail for being homeless isn't a good solution to the problem. That's nope. the summary, right? Uh, he disagrees. And in this like long debate with neighbors uh, in my neighborhood, most of which disagreed with the petition, he like made like a, would call me a different name or uh, in, in every like thread. So at one post, like I just put them all together and I was like, let me get this straight. This is who I am to you. So I'd like to run through that list with you guys Mm. And get you guys to weigh in and see how off base this bag of dicks is. 
about the person I am. Okay. Okay, we'll go one by one. Does that sound good to you guys? Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. Okay, so I learned from Neighbor Bag of Dicks that I'm a socialist. Ding. Yep. Not a, all right. Oh, is ding good? Yes. Ding is yes. You can just say yes or yeah. whatever you want. I'm doing and dings and... Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. A, char- a character assassin. Ding. Ding, yes. That's a good one. No, it's not. I'm not a character. Self-righteous. Double ding. Yes. What? Yes. Arrogant. Ding. Kind of kind of ding. What's, self-righteousness and arrogance are like cut from the same cloth, right? I think so. Brandon is both of them, so yeah. Shut up! No, I'm not! (laughs) Self-appointed thought policeman. (laughs) All right. At least I got one. Yeah, Uh, I'll grant that. Conceited. (laughs) No, you're too humbled (laughs) to be conceited. Like, you you do not think much of yourself. (laughs) For someone as arrogant and self-righteous in his thoughts, but not in his uh, existence on planet Earth. Thank you. Thank you. Have an unchecked ego. I feel like you get checked. We check. This constantly. is the po- this is like literally the reason for this being of the podcast. Also, like, if you just look at his Twitter responses, like people are checking yeah, him all true. the time. He's getting kicked off of next door. I'm not getting kicked off of next door. Just suspended. It's different. There's a difference. And I don't know the definition of civil. I don't know. Did he get a stop sign put in like or pleasant? whatever you did? Bike lane. Bike path. Bike lane. <laughs> no. So that's like civics 101, right? So it seems like it's <laughs> civics. What fifty-fifty? You agree with half the things Bag of Dicks thinks? I mean, I guess from my perspective, if we summed it up, it's like Brandon is totally an asshole, but he doesn't think that he's like God. Although I did say you were self-righteous, I gotta rethink some shit about you. Well, come and join my next door uh, <laughs> group, and you can. <laughs> we'll just workshop it till everyone's in agreement. It's just really odd for someone to like. I don't know, criticize a, a person for supporting your fellow man. That's what's always so bizarre about it. It's like, yeah, I care. I care about the lesser and the unfortunate and, and want everybody to have like a good life. And it's just like, you self-righteous son of a bitch. Brandon, you didn't, did you call out in the beginning about reviews? Oh, no, we got a new review. And for those of you who's not reviewed, please go review. Keisha, you want to read the okay, review? Yes. And this is the first time that um, Billy's hearing it too. Okay, five stars. The header is hits the mark or at least the target. (laughs) (laughs) They may have bad takes. Brandon may whine too much. Keisha may self-destruct relationships unnecessarily. (laughs) And Billy may go on unnecessary rants, but this podcast is necessary. I love it all. It's a good reminder that we're all just doing our best to figure this thing called life out. And it's okay that we often come up short. Can't wait for more episodes to... Whatever that may be. <laughs> By BJ Moore. Thank you. <laughs> BJ Moore? Mm-hmm. That's obviously not a Keisha name. <laughs> no, that's not me. Oh, you thought it was one of her... Uh... Also, if it was me reviewing myself, why would I say that I self-destruct relationships? No, I thought it was an insinuation about your uh, hatred for anything aural. Wait, no, oral, oh. not aural. That would be oral. weird. Ear stuff. 
Why am I putting gender on this person? BJ uh, is definitely right. All of my rants are unnecessary. And I think if I stop going on rants, we'll shave like 40 minutes off every episode. So I'm just no, going to be No, I sad. love your rants. Rants are the I love rants. I like rants them. are the favorite my part. Favorite. My wife's family was here for a month, like renting a house next to us. And it was super weird because they would like show up kind of like randomly. Like they weren't here all the time. They were doing their own thing. And they had a code to our house because I have one of those like, you know, like code locks. So, like, it really did feel like I was a, in a sitcom. Like, we were busy doing something, then all of a sudden the door would open and, like, my father-in-law would slide in and be like, hola, hola, hola! And then you just, like, imagine, like, you know, the audience, like, Whoa, ah! everyone were kind of, like, all waiting for it to, like, die down a little bit. But, like, it was cool. It was It was, like, the first time I've had family around me for, you know, I don't know, like, how old am I? 15 years, I guess. I guess probably at that one episode where you cut family out of your life. They're all afraid of you now. <laughs> Gotta see where they stand. All right. So one, one more one more family story, and then I'll, then I'll move on. So the last night they were here, um, you know, we made it through the winter storm. My wife wanted to do big burger night, and I make burgers. That's my job in this house. Um, I wasn't having the best day though and i was like trying to like improve my mood so i went in the garage and, and smoked a little bit of weed uh so you know i felt a little bit better but i was a little you know you know how weed mine works it's harder to concentrate but i was like you know i just gotta cook burgers super easy so then i went in warmed up the grill and then like my wife was like okay so here's what you gotta remember and that's when i knew i was in trouble <laughs> She's like, my mom wants hers cooked longer. So you're going to cook this patty for longer. Also, I don't want cheese, but everyone else wants cheese. But I don't want mine cooked any longer. So I'm like, all right. Dude, that's a lot. All of these get cheese. This one doesn't. But this one gets cooked with these. And then this one over here, which also gets cheese, gets cooked longer. I'm going to be okay. And then I go to the grill. And then she comes out with all of the buns. And she's oh like, we God. all want toasted buns. I was like, are you kidding? She's like, no, no, we want toasted I was like, fine, 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 fine. And I don't like toasted buns, so I didn't toast mine. So I put everything on the grill, set my timer, and I'm like just standing outside and looking down at my phone, watching the timer just go second by second, being like, don't fuck this up. They can't know you're high on the last night they're in town. You got to pull this off, buddy. I know you could do it. You're the man. And so <laughs> uh, I get everything cooked right. And then, uh, you know, we get inside and we get ready to eat. And I take a bite of mine. And, you know, like I had my buns off to the side. And my burger was great. And But as like I was eating, I noticed everyone else was looking at their burger. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Like, what's going on? <laughs> it seems everyone either had two bottom burger buns or two top <laughs> burger buns no one had a complete pair except for me brandon and i was like oh shit why didn't you delegate the buns to someone I else i couldn't because it was my responsibility i think you could have been like i'm the meat person 
Someone needs There's to be the bun person. There's only one grill. There's only one, one person can do it. Yeah, and you then, should like, be ashamed of yourself. So the people who had two buns, it was just like a lot of bread. Or two bottom buns, it was a lot of bread. And the people who had two top ones, it's the, the, the burger slowly disintegrated. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there like an asshole with a perfect burger. You're like, this is great. The top bun, the way the bottom bun <laughs> sits at the bottom and the top sits at the why top. Why didn't you just put the buns in the oven? Like, why did you have to put them on the grill? I don't. No, it's different. No, I like the grill, the flavor of that. I get it. I get it. No, that's dumb. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think of that. I mean, that would have been smart, but I was a little high. Or usually people do it on the stove, too. Like, you can just do it on a pan with some butter. Yeah. Look, there were a lot of better ways to do it, all right? We can all agree with that. But how it got done is how it got done. You're a real fuck-up. Yeah, I know. Not surprising. Not surprising. Sorry. I've done that, too. Well, I haven't actually done that. I'm just saying that to make you feel better. <laughs> I'm just trying to relate to you. <laughs> so, uh, back to the topic that we have not mentioned, death. Uh, let me finish my story of driving uh, across Texas during the ice storm. We last left off with Billy staring woefully at a flipped over Escalade with a corpse inside, <sighs> to which I saw five more accidents over the course of the next 20 miles, and then I hit Waco. Now, if you know anything about Waco, everything bad that can happen in humanity can happen in Waco. It's just a terrible place. It's basically like a smited <laughs> a smited city on the earth where just nothing good happens. And uh, in classic Waco fashion, everything came to a stop. The entire city was a red block of traffic. Ooh. So I'm sitting there thinking, oh my God, the sun's going down. It's just going to get worse and worse. It's starting to rain a little bit, which is going to turn into ice. And you're and still about two hours away from your house. I'm right? about 90 miles from my house. Uh, you know, in best conditions, I'm an hour and a half. In the conditions I'm driving in now, I'm like three hours from home, and I'm not moving. And I'm looking at the like Maps app, and it's like, you are two hours from home. You are five hours from your destination. Ma Maggie calls, and she's like, yeah, we got to get you a hotel room in Waco. So then I have to get a hotel room, and I still haven't moved. So I start weaseling my way from the left lane over to the right lane and then have to drive over icy like grass down and up a hill just to get off the highway. Were you alone on this trip? Oh, yeah. I'm all by myself. Oh, that's oh, no. so much worse. I assume so you had scary. Maggie with you. No, no. I was by myself. So I get on the feeder road. I go off-roading <laughs> in a fucking <laughs> blizzard. And uh, thank God I lived in Wisconsin and know how to drive on this shit. But it doesn't matter when it's all ice, which is what I experienced yeah. on the feeder road, because the feeder road just north of Waco is all elevated before the river. And it just comes to a stop again. And then I start looking down this hill and there's a crashed 18 wheeler. Oh, shit. And oh, you have to go over this bridge and my car just completely turns sideways as I start to go down. So then I'm like steering into the curve and <laughs> take my foot, just take my foot off the gas, never hit the brakes. And then kind of slide down into a 7-Eleven down ramp where I regained control of the car. Jeez. Jesus. Did you record then, any of this? Fuck no, man. I Aww. thought I was going to die. You need like a dash cam. Need a dash That's cam. why the dash cam I mean, happening. you don't die when you crash at five miles per hour, which is what would have happened to me. But you do get humiliated and scorned for <laughs> choosing to drive after hearing an accident about like 120 cars. Uh. But uh, I sleep there. Start driving the next day and then get to Austin and then you sleep at the Seven Eleven. No, no, well, no, no. I slept at a Hampton Inn or something. Okay, okay. And then I drive off the next day. The road conditions are a little bit better, and I make it home. And then what? A day and a half later, my power's out for six days, and then my God. water is out for an additional four days, and then we have the boil ban. So, 
Yeah. Definitely Boil requirement. It wasn't a, a ban on boiling. <laughs> no boiling in <laughs> no, the city yeah. of Austin. Yeah, that'd be a weird one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's uh, like the second time that I've almost died driving on the ice. The first was uh, during a whiteout in Wisconsin. I was supposed to fly to Minneapolis, St. Paul for like the biggest presentation I was ever going to give. Yeah. Flight gets delayed from five to seven to nine to eleven to two in the morning, Jesus. and I just like fuck this. I get in the car in the whiteout, and our, you know, in, in Wisconsin we had our bigger SUV, but I had driven to the airport. And like a front wheel drive Jetta. And so I'm driving through a blizzard trying to get home. And I'm just like (laughs) all over the place. Get to the house, go to sleep, wake up three hours later and drive to Minneapolis, St. Paul across ice roads. And I see a double FedEx truck flipped over in the middle of nowhere, packages all over the road, drive over that hit an ice skid. And I just kind of let go of the wheel a little bit and just slide across the lanes and then land in the right lane and keep going. And I was just like, yep, if there was ice in that right lane, I would have gone off in the night in the middle of nowhere and had an accident about 60 miles per hour and no one would have found me. So for those of you guys who remember, uh, Billy went to Tulum, Mexico, Mm -hmm. and just barely missed like a terrible hurricane. Do you think this was like... Your final destination, it was like oh, that's right. weather coming back for you because you missed it. <laughs> I'm you invincible. Like, <laughs> no, I think I'm on my like sixth cat life. I've only got three more. <laughs> yeah, got to be real careful. Oh, man. Impatience is what's going to kill me. I've already decided. Like, I oh, could have yeah, waited. Yeah. I could have stayed in Dallas. <laughs> I didn't have to drive during the storm, but I was like, no. I'm going to make it. It's like now. it's like the movie Tenet. I was like, I'm the protagonist of my life story. <laughs> Nothing bad can happen to me. Drive across ice storm, see dead body, God. rethink some shit. <laughs> but you made it. Yeah, either that or this is the most boring afterlife ever. Oh, that'd be terrible. <laughs> Your afterlife is just near it's death just experiences doing, doing the... over and over again. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> um, so what was it like without power? Oh, that's awesome. Well, we got to go to Maggie's parents' house uh, and... Well, yeah, I say we got. I decided we needed to, well, actually, Maggie decided we needed to risk driving in this shit and go stay with her parents who have a generator so that we could at least stay warm. And then I was trying to do my entire job on a cell phone with no internet and, you know, going out to the car to charge for power and stuff like that. You couldn't even take the week off? Well, I could have, but when I take off time at work, it just means way more work for me later and it's not worth it. So I was just taking meetings like, Hey, I can't do much right now. I'm in Austin. And people were really understanding, but, uh, you know, we only really truly dealt without power for like a day, uh, before we got to Maggie's parents' house. And thankfully they saved our ass, but dealing without, I I feel like I can go without electricity. If, I mean, assuming you have the luxury of getting in your car to get warm, if you need to. Sure. I think the thing, yeah, was the cold. People were just yeah. And we have a gas fireplace. That, that was the only way we kind of stayed warm when we were in the house. Um, not that those put off much heat at all, but I mean, it puts off some heat. Like you could live by, you know, yeah. doing that, I guess, if you needed to. But without water, that I was like freaked out because we didn't have, you know, we didn't fill our bathtub with water or anything. We were staying with Maggie's oh. parents for a little while. So we got back and what we had was what we had, which was like 48 cans of sparkling water. <laughs> 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 And like uh, and wine, you guys probably had a shit ton of wine too. I, I the, when I was coming in from Dallas, I had bought like a two and a half, two two and a half gallon like Ozarka things, and I had given one of them to my in laws after we stayed with them because their water was out too. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and then I just came back with this one thing and I started shoveling snow, putting it in a cooler, walking it in and dumping it into our bathtub because I had no idea what else to do. So then we were melting snow. And then finally, I found a friend, like one of my best friends from work lives in one of those private communities out by Dripping Springs where they have their own well water. And so she was like, come on over here. And I, I had up- water and I told you that I could give you some. Yeah, but. Yeah, he didn't want yeah. your water, though. What's with wrong with my water? <laughs> I didn't have to boil this water. It was clean. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I drove over there and filled up like 10, two and a half gallon Ziploc packs of water. And then <laughs> she got, she was so sweet. She went and got all of her neighbors, like giant old liquor bottles and filled them up with water for me. So oh, that's you nice. could see me on Zooms oh, at clutter. work drinking out of like a Bombay gin <laughs> bottle that was like a full magnum of, <laughs> it just looked like I was a. I mean, I am an alcoholic, but it made me look way worse. Well, the thing, too, is that now, like, I had I had to boil water for maybe, hmm, like, two or three days. But now I have a whole bathtub full of water that I feel like if I unplug, unclog the sink or the thing, I don't, it's just going to waste water. So now I'm, like, scooping water out and, like, watering my plants from my bathtub. <laughs> but now it's, like, just getting dirtier yeah. because, like, there's, like, dust and shit. I, what do I do with that water? I just keep it, right? I just keep using it? No, no, drain it. No, I don't want to waste water. You're going to have mosquitoes that are going to lay eggs in there. Yeah. In my house? Yes. Gross. That's disgusting. Yeah. Mosquitoes can't lay eggs in your house. Still water is disgusting. What's going to happen? What? What? How, why? What? What are the science? The science restricting mosquitoes from like laying eggs and. That means I would have had to let mosquitoes into my house. Yeah, don't you have doors? They know. I'm not gonna. I have. I do the spray thing around your house where there's like a barrier according to the box, like no bugs allowed. They just know. And there's no mosquitoes just laying eggs <laughs> you know in that, my house. That That's community, horrible. The mosquitoes. They they have like hymns they sing about my house. That's how <laughs> infamous it is. They know to stay away. I, mean, I guess as long as like bacteria doesn't get in, you're okay. But I'm not making any promises. I mean, I'm not drinking the water, but I'm using it to like water my plants. You should use it to water chunks. There you go. Oh, that's true. Keisha, does it I make you feel that. better that Billy still had to work? Oh my god. Okay, so I was when I was over at Brandon and Paula's the other day. Ugh, like I don't know. This is gonna sound really shitty and horrible, but like during the whole pandemic. During this whole situation with us losing, with Austin losing power and heat, everyone I feel like around me has had a break. Like my sister had two months off from work because they were trying to figure out how to be safe and have patience. Everyone I know. Kind of makes you want to get knocked out. Everyone (laughs) literally had time off by choice or not by choice. And I have not had any time off. No time off. My sister redid her entire kitchen. She tiled her floors. She redid all of the cabinets. She like put fucking detail shit on her walls. And I'm not saying that I'm not grateful for the fact that I have a job because I'm very grateful for that. And I'm not saying that I'm ungrateful that I'm not sick or that I didn't lose power or heat. But like I still had I've been working more than ever before. And like and it's I just wanted like a day of nothing working so that I can just take a nap and not have to wake up for a conference call like. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. My wife feels the same way, and it, it was it's interesting because like at the same time, you want to acknowledge, yes, I am extremely lucky. I know it would be really shitty to have to look for work, to struggle to pay bills. At the same time, understand, employers right now are putting more work on the people they kept to compensate for the yes. people that they let go. There's going to be a lot of mental stress that's caused, regardless of whether or not you feel lucky to still have a job. Yeah, and I heard something on NPR that like 
because like this pandemic in general or just this the like covid didn't it say that it took off like an entire year of just like people <laughs> moving forward I, like I we are know. now living one less year because of this pandemic because of stress and it's, and it's even worse well be, well like could be stress it just could be like the disease itself but it affected it affects people of color communities of color more so than white people so like if oh so that's why i'm not white, hearing if, about it got it <laughs> right <laughs> if white people lose one year like african-americans or black neighborhoods and hispanics all are it's like at two and a half to three years or something crazy like that so it's nuts yeah you have people up. in companies now that are like yeah hearing, oh, there's going to be some furloughs, and they're all, like, crossing their fingers for that furlough email so they get a break, God. and it doesn't it's come. Just, yeah, and I even and even now, it's like, you ask for time off. Like, I'm going to take Friday off or whatever. It's not really off. The only difference is I'm not, I'm sitting in front of my TV instead of sitting in my office, but people are still, like, slacking me and emailing me, and I have to consciously, like, delete the app from my phone so that I don't have an opportunity to check on stuff when I'm supposed to be off. Yeah, and at the same time this is happening, you know, Companies like my wife's company, I'm sure pretty much everybody, you're not seeing promotions and you're not seeing raises for, you know, the people doing all the grunt work. Executives are still getting perks. Mm -hmm. Classic socialist Brandon. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> fucking bullshit. There it is. You there know, it like, is. and it's like, if that shit's going to happen, put it behind the scenes. But like, I've heard stories of like, you know, one of those uh, company-wide meetings and announcing a new promotion for an executive in front of all of the workers that have been working pretty much like what? An average of six days a week, yep. you know, 10-hour days for the last year with no promotions, no raises, salary reductions. And you're talking about this executive becoming vice president of X to vice president of Y. No one gives a flying yep. fuck. Nah, I mean, it's a hard time. And again, disclaimer, number 4,000. Obviously, everyone who has kept their job is very lucky. Yeah. You just have to understand that there's the rational side of your brain that understands the situation, but you still feel what you feel. Yeah, and I feel tired. And I feel nothing at all. I mean, Billy, you seem like you've been pretty busy or like crazy busy with work in the last year. No, I was just kidding. It's been fucking nuts. I definitely, <laughs> I mean, you heard me. Like, Keisha was like, yeah, it takes a day or a year off your life. I was like, because of the stress? The st are we talking about stress? I've got stress. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or it's just because I haven't been able to get any like steps in. It is the weirdest thing that I've probably exercised less than ever this year i mean granted i haven't been able to go to a gym but mm -hmm. it's like i'm i lost my commute time i should be able to find time to run around the neighborhood or whatever but it's like no i'm just gonna log into work instead no idea why all <laughs> right uh you guys up for some weird news 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 so weird we should just news. loop that make a make a sample of my voice but like 10 of them going news 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 um, so the first one, um, man reunited with cat who vanished 15 years ago. I call bullshit. That ain't the same fucking cat, man. That is a different is cat. cat All You know how many cats look alike? This is my favorite thing in the world that you just assume like some... And, and I kind of immediately identified in my head what the person looks like who loses a cat. And then 15 years later, is like, I found my cat. And didn't they do like a Friends episode about that? <sighs> I don't know. Or like, like Monica's like, Phoebe, it's not your cat. Yeah, yeah. No, that sounds familiar. 
But yeah, yeah, it's like the Phoebe types. They're like, no, it has the same spirit. Keish, you watched that Dog's Purpose movie recently, right? Oh my God, I was going to say, it's. I watched the Dog Purpose and then made me feel better about the shit I was going through because I feel, it, it may not be the same cat like physically, but spiritually it might <laughs> no, be the same No, it's not. Cat. There's no such thing. <laughs> It is a different entity with a different consciousness. No, like the soul went There's to no another soul. cat and came back and found its owner, no. which is what I hope happens. Yeah, but like I want. <laughs> but in this, I case, want my dog to come back and be like, "Hey, mom!" I'd be like, "Oh, it's you! You found me." <laughs> I mean, Brandon was like, "Yeah, read this cat story. It's definitely not the same cat." And I said, "Well, was it chipped?" And what was the end of that story, Brandon? Yeah, apparently, yes, the cat that he found. Had the same chip, but there's maybe maybe the cat found it in another cat and put it in itself and like ripped it out. And yeah, <laughs> is that how you think happens? You think they they're smart enough to like like sharpen the one claw and then like no like cut it out? What's, what's most likely is that one cat cannibalized and ate the other cat, and the chip and that oh, second just happened just, to be it, in its digestive <laughs> tract. <laughs> That's fucking gross. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) All right. Second story, weird news. We mentioned it before, but the final destination-like story, there's a little boy who almost got, like, I don't know what you call, like, eaten by a garbage truck. It's not Transformers. I mean, don't personify (laughs) the garbage truck. Well, there's like a photo of maybe the little he, guy. Maybe he like, thought it was Optimus Prime. You don't know. Yeah, yeah. he was about to get shredded. And who hides in a fucking garbage truck? Yeah, we need to find out more oh, about this man. kid's life. Like, yeah. what's going on? Like, like yeah. what were the other where, where options? The like, a, 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 <laughs> an oven or a uh, pit of spikes? <laughs> Those are the three <laughs> options, kid. Hide somewhere. It's just like a, a way you never want to die. And the, but these things come up every now and then. Like, I remember in Austin. They found uh, a, a lady who, I guess she got drunk on 6th Street, snuck into a building through the vent system somehow, and got stuck there. Because in the movies, oh. when you're in a vent, the vent is like humongous. <laughs> it's like a bus. But in real life, vents are the size of vents. The kid avoids the jaws of death of this uh, garbage truck and then we're going to read another story in like two weeks or something that he died of a you know bacterial infection or some <laughs> sort of like parasite from the trash got inside of him oh. speaking of final destinations that kid's fucked so keisha do you want to talk about why you were watching a dog's purpose yeah i won't go into too much detail because it's like we're still trying to figure stuff out so essentially I, I you guys every, I think everyone knows I had I have I had three dogs. I had Rossi who was a German shepherd, I had Mochi who was uh a multi poo um and I would say like the emotional core of my house. And then I got Chonks who's like a bulldog and a fucking moron <laughs> sexual assault <laughs> he's just, dog. He's around <laughs> who's who just loves donut. Um but it was just like a normal day and I took Mochi for a groomer's appointment. That more a uh, one morning, and then I got like a bunch of calls, like a few hours later, and I wasn't answering it because it was like a weird number, and I got a bunch of voicemail. So essentially, the something happened at the groomers, and Mochi got out, and there was a really bad accident, and he passed away, and completely unexpected. He was just there for a routine grooming. Yeah, like he was just he was like the it was like the first haircut he was gonna get since the pandemic. 
And yeah, it was um, probably the first time. And again, I feel like I'm very lucky. That was the first time I've ever felt and had to experience a death that was like that close to me as a person. Mm -hmm. Like I, I've never felt anything that I felt when he was telling me what happened. And I was like shaking. I couldn't stop crying. I called my mom. My brother-in-law like drove here from San Antonio within the hour. Like I was a mess. Like I didn't even know what to do. I went through like all of the feelings that people say you feel right in like a minute. And it took a long time. I mean, I'm still, that was like what, maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And right. I still have moments like during the day when I like see something or I, re I remember something and I just like get, I get sad and I start crying. So Again, we're still trying to figure out what actually happened and how we're dealing with that. But we had to pick him up and I had to make a decision to either bury him or get him cremated that, that day. And it was just like I was not in a position to make that decision. So I was really happy like and glad that everyone like Brandon came over. My friend Corey was here. Um, I mean, even Dexter was here and Aaron and everyone just that was that could like pretty much stopped everything in their lives that day and the day after to just help me through it. And it was just like a lot. And, you know, I was kind of just floating during the last few days of that whole situation. Cause I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know what to do. And I think everyone just wanted to make sure I wasn't by myself because it was really yeah. hard. And, um, so I had to, I got to pick up like his little, his remains and everything. And I think that actually helped, like having that back in my house. And the weird thing is I used to see that in other people's homes. Like I thought that was so weird before. They're like, oh, we have my old dog's ashes and it's like in a shelf and it has like their collar. And I'm like, that's so freaking weird. Like, what do you do with those ashes? They're just hanging out. But I never knew that I would have to feel anything like that. And then when I had, when I finally got Mochi's stuff back and it, there's like a place for it in my house, I can go and like, see him right that actually felt like a little bit of closure and it's like at least he's home and I'm still again I still feel like shit like it still sucks and I miss him like all the time because he was like he didn't like a lot of people but if he liked you like you kind of knew that Mochi liked you and everyone recommended that after a few weeks I watch a dog's purpose because it helps make you feel a little bit better even if it's not true about what happens to your dogs when you when they pass away or when they like you know either by in old age or just unexpectedly have to not be around anymore and <laughs> I think I tried to watch like one of my sister's friends was like just watch it you'll feel better and this was like a week after and I tried to watch the trailer at like on a Sunday morning <laughs> like I was in bed and I just started crying like I was just like sobbing and I'm like no I'm not I'm not ready to watch it yet and then <laughs> Finally, last week, um, my sister and Aaron were just like, I think it's time for you to watch it. And I was like, well, I can't watch it alone. So we timed, we were on speakerphone the whole time and we timed starting the movie together. So they were watching it at the same time that I was watching it. Um, and they're in San Antonio and I'm here in Austin. And so it was like kind of nice because it felt like I wasn't watching it alone. And, you know, it was just like, it was kind of a therapeutic experience. And... <sighs> Not again. I don't know if that's actually what happens to dogs. I don't know if they die and then their spirit goes into another dog and then this dog just helps other people. I don't know if that's the case, but I have to believe that like something happens because 
the thought that that just happened and then he's gone just is crushing. And it's just, I, I he's, he's, he was a little dog. So I really thought that I was going to have like 15 years with him and he was like six, you know? So that was a really hard thing to kind of figure what out. What if a dog's and, purpose was kind of right? What if, and you know, understanding time is irrelevant when it comes to life and death. What if the dog's soul does move on, but it can move on from a person or a dog? Like, what if your dogs are just <gasps> you? I would love that. You in the future or past. I would love that because my my mom was like, you need to find a guy that loves you the way Mochi loves you. Yeah, and no one loves Keisha like Keisha. <laughs> like <laughs> Exactly. So maybe Mochi is just you at a different time in your existence. Maybe that would be pretty cool. He hates so except for the I, whole you dying in an accident thing. Kinda that's sucks. true. That's well, true. she's not going to die. But, I mean, she doesn't have to die in an accident. She can die in anything. You know, of of old age. I have that's so true. many issues with like the groomer calling and being like, "Look, the dog got out of the groomers and ran into the." Sh it's like, what? Well, yeah. What, what do you mean? What happened? What kind of massive accident allowed that to happen? Was the was it the great escape? Was there some dog like throwing the ball <laughs> against what, yeah. the wall? And so, <laughs> like imagining like a dog version of the Rock with Sean Connery. Like some PETA guy runs in with a suicide vest and like blows the door <laughs> off. The... Oh my god! Free all the dogs! But, uh, <laughs> I honestly, Billy, I was hoping that there was some. Be like bigger reason for why it happened you know like i was like okay well there's no way that it just he just got like out mochi took a bullet for another dog that he had fallen in love with at the groom yeah like he was like something heroic no the, the 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 worst shit is that there was nothing that caused it outside of just Negligence. like not great yeah like not great safety precautions or procedures in place because so. apparently there's no regulation on businesses like this i mean and, and yeah, this is texas which is, so which is a, a low regulation state to begin with as we learned during the storm. <laughs> As we learned during the storm. Two days before yeah. the storm, the, the Texas governor's like, oh, Texas got plenty of power. Don't you worry about it. Got enough power to secede, goddammit. <laughs> yeah. We fucking thought we'd secede and be like another France or Germany, and we found out, nope, we're another Puerto Rico or <laughs> Kazakhstan. That sucks, though, Keish. I'm sorry to hear yeah. about your... Your dog. I, yeah. Even more sorry that Brandon's making insensitive jokes over there. What the fuck? The you, you jerk. Not, I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm, I was kind of expecting that. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, I appreciate it. It's and every honestly, everyone's been super, super sweet and really like sending me messages and people are sending me funny videos of dogs and that makes me happy and they send me stories about how Mochi used to hate them all the time. Yeah. And that's great. I love stories like that, but. I don't know if anyone knows me or if, you know goes through any of my social platforms. You'll see how obsessed I was and still am with my dogs and Mochi too because Rossi doesn't really do pictures, but Mochi was a really good selfie well, partner. You so. mentioned Mochi, Mochi in in the last episode. I did, yeah. Oh my god, Brandon, did I tell you? Like I was a fucking mess listening to the first round of that episode because there was some point where the there was barking, like someone was at my door. And there was barking in the background. And Rossi and, and Chonks don't really bark at the door anymore. The only per the only one that would bark at the door was Mochi. And, like, I was not expecting to hear him bark. And I had to, like, pause it and cry and then, like, re keep listening. But it was it was actually nice to hear him bark again. So thank you for that. You're welcome. So, yeah. That's the thing today that we want to talk about is is dealing with death and understanding it. Because 
you know, it's like the, the great saying goes, there's only two things for certain in life, taxes and death. You know, we're all going to die. Um, and it's, I feel like so much of the human existence is, is people either less so coming to terms with it and I think more so living in, in denial and doing whatever they can to not accept that fact. All right, so what are your earliest conceptions of death? Or do you remember learning about death for the first time? For the first time, probably like Sunday school, because the whole Jesus death is a really big deal. Yeah, but then they like, you know, they're like, oh, he comes back. Yeah, so obviously, you know, I learned about the afterlife about 30 seconds after I learned about death. It didn't seem like a big deal. Right? You're just, like, just going to come yeah. back. If anything, you live an even sweeter existence. You just float on. <laughs> you come back with powers and shit. It's like a yeah. whole, whole Western civilization of white privilege of just. <laughs> <laughs> when you die, you go to better. heaven. Yeah. Okay. Well, was there a point where you started to wonder, hey, maybe, maybe I'm not going to have 70 virgins to have sex with in the afterlife? Uh, they didn't teach that where I went. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't know about uh, that until later on in life, too. No. Also, I don't think women get virgins. Women don't get virgins, right? Only men. <laughs> women are like anything but virgins. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be teaching men in the afterlife what they need to do. They called this heaven sixty seconds of pleasure. <laughs> uh, no, I. I, I God. I learned about death, or at least I kind of came to grips with the maybe the finality of death. My uh, mom's dad died when she was 13. My dad's died, dad died when I was two. So I really only had like one grandparent and then I guess a step-grandparent on both sides. And my mom's mom, and my mom was an only child, so we were really close. She got Lou Gehrig's disease. Mm. I don't know, I was in third grade or second grade maybe, and so she had this really drawn-out, slow decline. I remember vividly when my mom got, I was going to call it the voicemail, but they didn't even call it then. <laughs> she got the message yeah. on the answering machine mm. of like uh, my grandmother like weeping and saying, I've got ALS. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was to me, there was never, the way I learned about it wasn't like this sudden thing. Like, oh, I found out this person in my family died. It was just like this looming, sure. overshadowing thing. This thing that everyone knows was yeah. coming. It, it, it kind of brings that concept to mind of would you rather, you know, go slowly or die suddenly? And this was the, it was probably a drag, but also nice for everyone to have a lot of closure at the time that it happened. Sure. As opposed to the yeah. shock and jolt of it. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's, it's all bad. <laughs> yeah. I've seen both, you know, my grandfather, uh, that was probably the first person I knew that died. And like, um, I, it, it was very quick. He, uh, I guess just didn't go to the doctor for a while and then found out he had, uh, I believe it was, pancreatic cancer yeah that's uh, a quick one yeah and it was pretty far along so it was it was pretty fast the thing that that really stuck with me and even still was the funeral aspect of it and how sad everybody was mm. and how final it seemed i guess before that death had always seemed like a little trivial and i think that's kind of a consequence of like a religious upbringing how death isn't the end but then it's like when you go to a funeral you're like it sure seems like death is the end around here and we're all just so, not <laughs> openly talking about it and then yeah. you know in the years that followed like i 
yeah, got less and less religious to the point now where I, I have I have no religion. And um, yeah. that has been, I think, probably the most freeing thing because I feel like you can really begin to understand and process death once you understand that there is no afterlife, there is no soul. It really forces you to think about the nature of existence and, you know, the fact that there's few things in life we know about. One thing we do know is that matter cannot be created and it cannot be destroyed. It can only be reformed or reshaped. So, like, we exist and will always exist, but we just won't be conscious of it. We will exist throughout time, and there's this one small section of the timeline in which we were conscious, in which we were self-realizing. And then that ended, and then we returned to being, you know, yeah, particles in the universe, like a mixture of elements, whatever you want to call it, however you want to classify yourself. But um, I I, I think, and, and again, you know, I know I'm biased here, but the only true way to really understand what death is is to first accept that it is final and there is no afterlife and there's no no supernatural element. I don't think I agree. I think you can definitely have, you know, whatever your version of faith in the afterlife is and still yeah. have um, a sense of finality about the, yeah. the element of what physical life is. But how? If you think that the nature of existence goes on. It seems it's it's kind of like you're in two different. But it's like it's not a physical existence. It's like though. we're you're we're talking about what are the rules in Star Wars, and you're like, but in Star Trek, it's like it's a different universe. Well, okay, but we're not. I mean, it's not that. I don't know if it's you that. You can still like, conceptualize nothing. I mean, most of the people who believe there's yeah. an afterlife still believe that they weren't themselves before they were born physically. So I understand. I understand that you can, you know, contradict any of the logic or science and, and around any of the afterlife. I'm not, you know, some big, you know, Bible thumper about what heaven or hell is or anything like that. More energy. <clears throat> I'm not some big Bible thumper. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't, you know, it's, it's not like I'm sitting here saying, oh, there's an afterlife or, oh, this is what happens when you die. But I think, you know, to say that the billions of people who have lived on this earth never truly understood death because they believed in something I don't feel like is necessarily an accurate thing to say. But I disagree. I understand why you feel that way. I disagree. I think it's it's freeing. I I, I mean, like, just take a wait, night. Wait, but you, night. but you think it's freeing. Take a night. You think it's freeing because it because it ended. Because there's, like, there's, it's, like, there's a beginning, there's a middle, and there's an end. You think that there's, like... The reason it's freeing is because when you open up yourself to the fact that there could be something more, because there's zero proof of that it leads you to like all wonder at all these different options and what it could be it's like so here's here's just something to do an exercise it doesn't have to change who the person you are just spend one night thinking about the nature of existence under the assumption that all religion is fake it was all made up by man in order to organize and educate people on how to function in society none of it is real and it, you don't have to really believe it, but just think yeah. about the world under that assumption. You don't think I've never done that? I don't know your life, man. <laughs> I'm not writing your biography. You think I work on A&E? You think they're paying me to make a documentary about you? You think MTV called 
and sit, wants like a behind the music. No, I'm not Keisha. Oh, I'm waiting. Call me MTV, please. <laughs> I'm saying to all those out there, like, okay. it is cleaner. To all those out there, I've, just try one night under that assumption and see where it takes you. It's, it's, I think it's a pretty interesting place. I, <laughs> so I think it's actually freeing to think that there's like a thing afterwards. Because it just feels like there's a reason for why we were here in the first place. And again, I think it's it's partially because I grew up very Catholic. And then halfway through my adulthood, I was just like, meh, I'm just going to not go to church all the time and kind of figure out what I want to believe and, you know, what I actually believe in. But I do think that there is value in believing that when you're gone or when you're dead or your body is physically not conscious anymore... That there's something out like afterwards, like there's something whether it's not. I mean, I'm not saying you're gonna stick around and haunt people or like watch people watch I mean, over it's people. It's comforting, but, like, but I just what's don't. The I don't want people. I just don't want to think that I'm done. Like, not that I, I I deserve more time or anything like that, but like, I just I, I can't get myself to rationalize that that's it. That's what I'm having. I, that's what I still can't be like. Yep, I'm here. That's it. That was like that was my role for the like for my life, and now I'm just like, you know dirt but what's the like value I'm, in thinking that there's something else i know it's comforting the i know okay, it, the it value helps you sleep at night because i can't sleep at night no because of that because i don't believe i would say that it, part of it is like it's, it's for like a selfish reason right because i think that like i don't i'm not I, at least at this point i am not ready to not be around people that i love yeah so it makes me feel better selfishly to think that if even if i have to go away I know that that's not the end of the or the last time I'm going to see them or be around them, right? So it makes me so feel like that. So would you say that people believing in an afterlife keeps them from fulfilling their roles in society that society needs instead of trying to live like existence? Like you have a like instead of having a due date for a project, the date just keeps moving, so like you're like you're less you're less uh, encouraged to actually accomplish everything because you think you have more time to some No, capacity? it's like telling it's like you know Telling people who are who get paid shit wage, who are working nonstop, oh no, don't worry, don't worry. It'll, in the It'll afterlife, you'll you'll be like a number one. It keeps people fulfilling their roles in society that you need them to fulfill. I think that's a bigger conversation, though. I don't think that has just specifically to do with death. I think we, that's like a that would be like a religion episode that we need to talk through because I think sure, but it's all tied but together. You're also only bringing the super manipulative negative you know piece right. of that you're not discussing any of the good things that people do because they believe in the afterlife and you can say missionary work is this terrible thing of imperialism which in some cases it is but in some cases you know it's doctors giving glasses to people who can't see without glasses people they're do, doing it because of their belief in an afterlife people do good things without believing in the afterlife of like course. i've been yeah, volunteering this last I, week none of it is not everybody who believes in religion is either some underling who's only being manipulated into f being a cog in the machine and they're not all you know fat cats living at the top of some sort of hierarchy there are a lot of normal everyday working people and they believe in something i'm pretty sure and it, and it influences their life and other people's lives in a positive way it influences other people's lives in a negative way and i you know i'm right. of the opinion where yeah. whether there's an afterlife or not it doesn't really matter you should still just be a good person in this life as if there is no afterlife but uh i, I don't really see a problem with believing in it per se unless you're using it to justify bad things 
I'm pretty sure in every single society, and I can, I'll look this up after we're done, but like the people that go to church the most or the most religious are the people who are economically the most disadvantaged. So like, I know it's not everybody, but I think if you're looking to analyze the masses, having this weekly reminder that this isn't the end, this isn't the purpose. That to me feels like having the ability to say that there is no afterlife and to be motivated enough to live your life to the best of your ability, knowing that there's not anything else after almost feels like privilege. Because that means that at some point in your life, you've experienced like good things to make you believe that things will like that, that good things will continue to come. I know people and I've been around people, especially like in Harlingen and in the Valley where there aren't a lot of good things that happen to certain families because they've been it's they're they've been very poor their whole lives and going to church or having, you know, to whatever religion they are, that becomes not necessarily that it drives their entire life, but it becomes the only good thing that they can count on. And that helps them get through the shitty, de- like hand, uh, the shitty hand that they've been dealt in life. Like being able to say like, oh, well, I, I can just logically, I, I know that there's not an afterlife, but I'm still going to do whatever I want. I'm still going to live my life. I'm going to try to be a good person. Not everyone has the ability to even make that decision. Sometimes everyone's like, your life is just what it is and it's decided for you. And to be able to choose, I think, is a privilege. I don't think, like, I, I don't believe in any of that stuff. And I, I don't think things are necessarily going to be positive. Like, I think one of our biggest problems is we just assume that society as it exists today is the default and nothing will bad will ever come and none of that will be jeopardized, which I think is is hazardous and scary. Well, and I think in Texas, we've seen, we had a very brief view of what it would be like with certain structures failing. So I I don't think it's a matter of privilege to think that the afterlife isn't real. None of this matters. It's just an issue of, of facing reality. But it's your reality though. That's, it's a different reality for people that believe in that stuff. And you're also saying that people that believe in the afterlife is like, it's always positive. Like, For Catholics, it's not about, okay, the goal is to go to heaven, but you're also trying to be a good person out of fear because you don't want to go to hell. There's still a very large population of people who aren't even a part of an organized religion that still believe in an afterlife, and it's just completely disassociated from what people, you know, of Christian belief or other major religions belief on the afterlife is. Like, people still believe their soul goes on potentially without there being a God. There are people out there who believe that. The psychic dog's purpose. Guys, it's just, just accept, accept reality and the facts. You know what someone called me last night that got me so pissed off? Atheist. Uh, mm. Hmm? Atheist? I, I, there does not need, I, there does not need to be a word for people that don't believe a religion. We don't have a word for people that believe the world is round. Okay? We don't need a word for people. But we have a word for people who believe it's flat. Yeah. Flat earthers. So why, wait, is, aren't you agnostic though? No, he's atheist. I'm not atheist. I'm not nothing. Oh, he's your, nothing. okay, you're straight up atheist. No, I'm you not anything. Hey, we should you tell, we should I tell his nemesis on next door to add that yeah, to the list of I can't be a classification for something that atheist. doesn't exist. It's constructed. It's socially constructed. I am not an. I'm going to get a yard sign built that says atheist no! house and put it in front of Brandon's yard. <laughs> you know what I am? This. Nothing. There's no category. 
because it doesn't exist. You can't invent a category and then say, if you don't believe in it, you are also part of this category. No, man. I don't like it because I feel like people who. So how would people talk about people like you who don't, they don't believe, believe in, in anything. anything? They don't. They don't believe in you're, a supernatural force. That's it. But that it takes doesn't. a long time really to doesn't. say. It's easier to just say no, you're an atheist. No, because atheists carry so much weight. Because there are people that do. You put no, so no, much no, weight to people, it. We, as people, people that are not no. atheists, we're just like they're the people that you don't believe think, in anything, no. and it's you know fine. Think? Brandon has problems with definitions. He doesn't like. Uh, the, he doesn't like etymology. He's like, don't put me in a box. Yeah, because like, <laughs> what I think when I think atheist, I think the people that are as obsessed with religion and have created a religion out of that not is being your own opinion a religion. of what that word means. Yes, though, it's Brandon. called a connotation. You are giving it that high, that, that, that is my power. definition of what, what the is. social connotation is. That's like saying that somebody who is a vet, like a vegan is like every other vegan in the world. Not everyone is that intense. You can be a vegan and not have to tell people that you're vegan. You can be an atheist and not be am, on the extreme it's, side it's of being a, atheist. Saying, you can be an atheist. You can be a state of not believing that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. So is so is not believing the default? Yes. Yes, that is the default. That doesn't make and any we sense have to gotten me. so far. According to who? According to people that Facts. like the idea of not having anything to believe. Like you're assuming that everyone starts off there's not believing no in shit. That's evidence. not true. And and in fact, there is a lot of physical evidence that directly contradicts the Penny. Shut up. Penny's like atheist. 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 <laughs> there's so much physical evidence that directly contradicts notions that have been key tenets of parts of major religions and either the religions adapt and just say, oh, you know, well, believe whatever, or they outright reject them. And over time, they get to a point where they can no longer reject it. Like with the earth being flat versus round, it got to a point where they had to just give that one up. Evolution is now the point where they're getting close to just giving that up and saying evolution is God's purpose. What's that any of that have to do you're just misdirecting us away from the fact that you just don't like the definition of the word atheist having to exist. <laughs> no, 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 no. What I'm saying is that, like, look, these are cults that have gotten really popular. Like, there is no difference between Christianity, Judaism, anything, and, like, um, any random cult that you see. The only difference is the number of members and their level of power. Like, we just live in a world where cults are extremely prominent and the majority. And the people who don't care become members of the cults are, you know, atheists, no. which is another category, which is how, <laughs> you know, definitions and language which you works. you are a very, yeah. a very, very um, enthusiastic member. No, of atheists, I'm not. So that's okay. You don't like to describe people with physical qualities like a dude with a you know, scars all over his face or by race or by gender. So you're, what you're doing now is you're categorizing people by what they feel inside, which is, you know, not judging a book by its cover. What I'm you're saying an atheist. is like, that's how you feel inside. A way that they validate their own beliefs is by saying, I need a name for the fact that I don't believe. My point is like, no, I don't need a name. That's just the default. I don't need a name for thinking the world is not flat. But who's deciding that that's the default? Atheists? No, society. People get together. Society is made up of people with different religious beliefs. So I know. Not- I'm in the minority. That's what I'm saying is that cults have gotten so strong and so powerful. Brandon, no one is forcing you to wear shirts or put it on your driver's license that you are it an atheist. Up. If someone wants to categorize you as an atheist, no. let them do that because it does not it harm does. you. How? Your pride? It turns, it, it makes it seem like 
I have the same type of belief that it's but just different from everyone no, else. No, you have it's the same level of non-belief as the people that do believe. It's the same thing. It's just on a different no, spectrum. All, all you're doing is legitimizing the people who believe. Your non-belief? My non-belief doesn't need legitimization because it's based on reality and fact. Well, I said, Don't you understand? This is this is where the flat earthers are going. It's the same thing. We're going to so need a turn for the people who it's believe fine. in the round earth. It's fine. Oh, it's you're a fine. round earther. Everyone... I thought atheism was a compliment. You're a round earther. No, it's not. I don't think it's a compliment. I don't. I don't want to. I don't be associated with the term. I, I don't like it. But I don't know if that's the case with everyone who is this on the same boat as you. Like, I don't think they think atheist is a bad. It's a bad thing to be called. It's not pejorative. I think they're just. It's just what it is. It's, uh, it shouldn't be. It's away from theism, right? Ah. Uh. So you should you should put that on next door and see. No, I keep politics off next door ninety nine percent of the time. Oh, you keep politics off of next door. I've never made a political post. I've replied when other people have made political posts, but I try to keep politics off next door because the whole point of next door is just you know having a good neighborhood. I do think that we need to have like some type of religion episode, but with some like parameters because I think it could get pretty intense. But. This is this sounds like a religious conversation, which I think is part of death. Well, right? yeah, but, but like I, I think your both of your conceptions of death, though, are are very religiously motivated. That, so I, that's why I think it's tied in. Or spiritually, I believe nothing happens when you die. I believe the exact same thing you do, Brandon. I just disagree with your worldview of how other people should believe. More energy. Oh my God! Stop fucking yelling more energy at me. <laughs> Shut up, Dad. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That was like our first question. I did want to go back though because you brought up something about about funerals and like that whole experience and I hate funerals, man. There's the idea of having to deal with actually dying, right? Like going like physically dying and not being around anymore. Do you think that it helps accept that more when you start the process of planning what happens after you die? So like writing a will, Planning your funeral, things like that. No, but I, I don't know. Like, if it were up to me, if I died, guys, just just let everybody know, and then everybody could just be like, that sucks, and then just move on. You don't want a whole event around no, the life of Brandon? No, no, <laughs> I, I had to... Hi, was Brandon's closest friend. He was an atheist, <laughs> although he didn't agree with the term. <laughs> I had a friend, and, uh, you know, he died rather young, and um, so I had to do... A lot of the uh, funeral planning, the memorial planning around like his work. I had to make the Blu-ray of it all. And then the, the, the tough thing is like I was, you know, I was I was holding him when he died. And the moment that happens, all of this bureaucratic shit starts coming in. So the reason I don't like the theatrics around death is because I really think it kind of prevents you from processing and prevents you from dealing because you are focused on and some might say they like the distraction I think it prevents you from really processing your feelings because you feel an obligation to like put on a show yeah to put on a show and you know luckily I had some great people who uh, who helped uh, with that, but like it, it, it wasn't, and, and by the time we were done with it, it by no means was an experience that I felt helped, helped me. 
I don't know how it impacted everyone yeah, else. Yeah, we'll see. That's the, that. I mean, it goes back to just like we had. We've had this conversation before about the tough thing about funerals and just all of that is like everyone takes something different from it and everyone reacts to it differently. And so you kind of just when you're planning your funeral, it really is just a lot of giving an opportunity for people to remember and celebrate your life the way that they want to. But on a lighter note, my dad, I was talking to my dad about this in our group chat and he started saying really funny things. And then I just realized that he started quoting Nick Swardson's old stand-up comedy about <laughs> planning his funeral. And one thing that was pretty funny was like, he said that he wants to spend the last bit of his fortune and hire John Stamos to come to his funeral <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to just be real, like actually like, be really crying and really sad. And so that when everyone's like sad and like, you know, remembering Nick Swartz and John Stamos there and everyone's like looking up, they're like, oh, my God, we miss Nick so much. Is that is that John Stamos? <laughs> Did Nick know John Stamos? Oh, he's really crying. They must be really close. Was Nick's last name Stamos? Stamos. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like I mean I've also had family members and friends who have been to other funerals where it wasn't super sad right it was like yeah. the the person who passed away like made it a goal in their will and everything that they said before they passed that do not be sad like I wanted it to be an actual celebration of my life so even if it sucks for you guys to have to have a barbecue or like a party instead of a funeral you have to do it for me. And that actually helps people kind of process things in a different like way. Like the New Orleans style. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a celebration and not, you know, a, a saying of goodbye or an ending. It's just, I'm glad it happened. You know, not that they died, but I'm glad that their life happened. Yeah. Oh man. So do you guys, are you guys aware of any strange traditions when it comes to death and funerals? And I'll start us off in Southern Louisiana. And it's, it's the tradition's dying out. But uh, it's old. It still happens when old people pass away. They feed uh, your right body now. to the alligators. No. Um, you know how like uh, you'll have a viewing before the funeral where people can come to a funeral home yep. before, you know, mm. they have that. But it's a 24 hour, 24 hours long. And the family has to stay for the full 24 hours. So it's like 3 a.m. and you're in there and the funeral home's open. So if you want to go see your friend at 3 a.m., you can go in. Huh. So what they did for my grandmother, I didn't remember. I assume they did for my grandfather. I don't remember. But um, am I gonna have to do that for my mom? Uh, I don't know. Ask her. It's her tradition. I, I like. I don't like if my they didn't do it for my aunt, who uh, tragically passed away from uh, lung cancer a few years ago. But uh, they did it for my grandma because she's she was old when she died. Um, but like, it's just one of those things. And when you ask people, well, why do you do that? It's the answer is always the same. It's always. Well, that's just what you do. <laughs> like, so are you aware of any what might be strange to anyone who's not familiar with uh, rituals or um, habits I, when it comes to death? I mean, I've always I, thought like buying a gravestone and having that marker was kind of a weird thing to do but i've always been pro cremation yeah, making reservations yeah. well, like, i want to go into that that uh little brick building there with all the bodies inside i want my body to be yeah. next to those bodies because <laughs> that means i was successful or like I yeah. want the biggest goddamn yeah, the bigger stone. the the bigger the bigger my and like God, the he was rich. the stone he, he's at the top of the yeah. hill 
Yeah, it's like, don't you want to hide where you're at? Because people will know where your body is, where your treasures might be buried. Oh, man. Would you do that? Would you bury all of your belongings Ooh. if yes. you knew you were going to die? Would to- uh, yes. yes. I, I would get all of yes. my... People would be like, what happened to all of his money? And it would be like in gold that I put in the casket for anyone who comes to rob my grave. You're like, what up, bitches? Before I died, I would make sure I sent maps all over the world that were like aged and like buried in the sand or something. So someone would like get a map and they'd be like, oh my gosh, a map to treasure. And it'd be like a map to my gravestone. So they would travel across the world. They'd find like that big red X. They'd get a shovel. They'd dig up my coffin. They'd open it and mass treasure. But then like the person who you know, put you in the coffin and they're supposed to bury you could just open the coffin and take the gold and then yeah, bury and you. Yeah, they just take the treasure for no, themselves. No, no, when I know it. I'm dying, I swallow all the gold. Oh, God. That would just kill you. Well, no, I'm already that's, dying. That's how you I'm die. Already dying. <laughs> and so, and then the you guy who buries it, because you died and all it, gold no, it's out. in there. And everybody's like but pulling then they'll your be able, arm like a slot to... <laughs> machine going, this guy's paying out. <laughs> but then they'll be able to find him because then Brandon would have swallowed a microchip. So it'll be yeah. great. <laughs> um, I actually, I don't know. I the, So this is going to sound very strange based off all of my other comments. But the reason I don't like cremation and I want to be buried is because what if I come back? <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. I need much. a body. <laughs> I need On a, a body. a chance with zero evidence that I come back in, in zombie form. <laughs> but like a zombie with a working brain, not like brain damaged. Like, um, so like you actually weren't dead, or you were died and then you came. No, back no, no. To no. Life. I was dead, but like, uh, have you seen my boyfriend's back? The movie? No, sounds gross. Yes. Same, same concept. Brain works fine, but you know, body kind of dead. What if you donate your body to science and you wake up in somebody else's body? I'm not. I don't. I'm not an organ donor because I'm afraid. You're not an organ no, donor. What's wrong with you? I am. I have a. Why? I have an irrational fear that if I become an organ donor, someone is going to intentionally kill me to get my organs. Oh, I have a fear that my see organs that are going to be used. I care. To, I see it. Yeah, I'm an organ donor, but I do have a fear. Well, I've also been watching Grey's Anatomy a lot, so there's always the thing of like, if you die and then your organs go to like a bad person, but they have the uh, what do you call it? The Hippocratic oath, where like it doesn't matter. They don't judge the patient by what they've done in life. You just have to save their life. So like, I'm worried that like my liver is going to go to like a murderer, you know? Well, how would you feel if you got saved by an organ donor and then you found out that organ donor was like a murderer and you have like murderer eyes? Then I would spend my whole life trying to not make it a murderer heart or liver. Likewise, <laughs> I just want to say too, I want I only want to be buried three feet deep, not the normal six. So you want to float up in a flood? No, just... Do you want to be buried with a shovel just in case so you can just dig yourself yeah, up? Yeah, in case I can get up. Like, I don't want to be stuck in the... So I think what you're saying is you need a bug out bag yes. with you. See, I'd rather just know. Well, I'd rather just be like, okay, in case I wasn't dead, he's going into the oven. He's definitely dead now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what do you want your ashes? Where, where do you want your ashes to go? In a Folgers coffee can, like in the Big Lebowski. <laughs> I, I don't want them to pay for an urn. Uh, my dad always tells the really funny, morbid story of when he his dad was cremated and he wanted to be buried in the Pacific Ocean because they grew uh, they lived in uh, Santa Monica, really close to the Palisades. And uh, they got in a helicopter. The helicopter flew out over you know the ocean or whatever, and the three brothers tried to throw his ashes out and the helicopter blades just whirled the ashes back inside just like that scene in the Big Lebowski. Yeah, so like half like, the ashes are in the ocean, uh, half the ashes are like all over 
all over them in the back of this helicopter. And oh, I just imagine the pilot God. just like with a hose hosing out his helicopter afterwards because he's just got all this dead person hu- human powder all over the ground. What do you do if you move and you've buried someone? That's okay. That's the thing, right? So that is why when they asked me if I wanted to bury Mochi, I didn't want to because this is obvious. This is not my forever home. Right. I don't want to have to dig him up afterwards. So I, I that's why we decided to well, Would you put him. that in the deed restrictions if you sold the house? Be like, there's a dead dog. You can't yeah, dig him up. Yeah, and also you have to tell people. So do you have to tell people if a bear, a body is like not, not in, not, not in a murderous yeah. way, but like in a consensual way what? that a body is buried on she the She means like you're not trying to conceal it from anyone. Like Everyone a, knows like this person Like I'm not trying to hide died. it. Ask Maggie. Ask Maggie if there are rules around like consensual burials versus secretive burials. If Maggie burials. knows the answer to this, I'm going to be really worried. <laughs> <laughs> like if I buried my wife in the backyard, like something tragic happened to her. She wanted to be buried under a tree in her backyard yeah. and then I moved. Yeah. What would I do? Yeah, you'd have to disclose it. Yeah. On the, the MLS, it just says like <laughs> dead body in the backyard. It's like, well, at least it's dead. Yeah, but the trick is you put that under the perks section. And if you treat it like a perk, someone else just think of that scene in uh, what we do in the shadows uh, in the TV show where they're like, yeah, Guillermo has to keep burying the bodies in the yard. And all of a sudden there are all these (laughs) sinkholes because of all the bodies. (laughs) (laughs) The the, the package delivery guy falls in and he's like an arm sticking out. He's like, ah! (laughs) Oh, gosh. Oh, Guillermo, you have to dig deeper. You have to dig deeper, Guillermo. I love that. I also love to see that the Iranian uh, actor being successful. There's hope for me, Billy. Yeah. It's obviously not in the afterlife. (laughs) Obviously not. I can't believe you took us through all of that fanfare about how there's no proof or a shred of evidence, but (laughs) But, but that you have to be fucking buried and that you're not an organ donor. No. Yeah. Because I understand. Our bodies are obviously just pieces of meat, but in case they're not. Just in case. (laughs) Such a backdoor. It's insurance, man. Brandon, you know what you need? You should put, we just put like a bell. Like, you know, in the olden days where people would get buried because they thought they were dead, but they yeah. weren't dead. So they would install a bell with a string. We'll just do that for you. We'll just put a little string and you pull it whenever. All right, you boys and girls. It's time for Five Things with Keisha with your host, Keisha. Five Things with my girl. So the interesting thing about my top five this week or this ep- this episode is we've talked about all of these topics already um but my top five are top five things i hope about death or my death okay i hope that i never die (laughs) (laughs) number five we just talked about this i hope that my death is not long and painful like, so you don't want to get, like, an excruciating cancer you can't recover from? Yeah, like, I don't, and all, but also part of that, though, is because I know that if it's painful for me, then everyone around me is also going to have to suffer through that. So it's like, I don't. <laughs> You're going to burden every. I just know I would burden everybody else in my life. I no, just, that's a good point. It's just so hard, because people just care about me so much, Billy, that, like, I just, <laughs> I want to let go of that stress. No, I, I get that. Like, I've thought about, like, if I know that I'm going to die, maybe I should just leave Paula and tell her I'm going with another woman. 
and spare no, her. No, that's a horrible <laughs> idea. Because then she's going to live her life thinking that she wasn't, like, you, you cheated on her, that she wasn't a good wasn't wife. Wasn't that that's a better horrible. experience than watching the person no, you love just be wither honest away with her and, and say, die? I'm dying. Take that information as you wish. So, yeah, I did say uh, drowning slash burning. I think burning is, is burning's the worst. <laughs> burning's the fucking worst. I think you suffocate before you actually die from burns. But uh, Oh, yeah. You like the smoke and the everything? Smoke inhalation. Yeah, well, it burns uh, up all the oxygen. Yeah. All available oxygen is gone. And your face and your lungs. Ugh. Oh, God. There was just so many like reports in Texas of people either dying from smoke inhalation. Or so, fi- yeah. Um, not a painful death. That's what I want. Number four. Um, <laughs> this is, this is exactly what Billy said. And I feel like really self-centered now. Um, <laughs> I hope that, that people aren't sad for too long after <laughs> I pass. Yep. There it is. I just don't, cause again, in it's the such afterlife. such a crushing loss for humanity. <laughs> in the afterlife, when I'm up in my heaven, looking down on all the people I love, I would hate to see them sad. So. Who will Dexter start dating again when I'm gone? <laughs> You know you're you're only gonna get one memorial episode of the show, right? Like we're not gonna like devote a whole. You're not gonna dedicate multiple episodes to me. No, no. just one. It's gonna be called Keisha dies first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the second half will be the best of, and that's it. That's you get true. one. That's you true. get one best of. Oh, maybe I'll do like my will for the show, as in like top five form. Better record it now. Yeah, but like you cannot set stipulations on your replacement. <laughs> You have no control over who we replace you with. Dang it. Fine. All right. Number she three. She can't be pretty. They can't, they can't be pretty. Yeah. No. No good looking co-hosts. Um, I hope that. <laughs> I just realized how, how like conceited all of my top fives are becoming. They I hope that I wasn't way. a massive asshole in life. So that when I'm dead, people aren't speaking ill of me. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I get that. I hope people only say bad things about me. No, because then it's going to mess up my soul. There's no, I can't, my soul, soul can't no, rest in peace. No thing. Which means I have to come back and no, haunt people. And I, that's just like another job no that I don't want. Soul. I just hope that I'm totally forgotten. But go ahead. No, I'm going to get a tattoo of you, so I'll never forget you. <laughs> God, what a mistake that would be. So number two is that I just hope that at any point when I do die, that I hope that. I have lived like a good life, like with people that matter and the people that I care about. Like, so again, Brandon, I think that kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier, where you're like, does the idea of heaven and all of that stuff influence your life a lot? Not really, but like, I do look at every single day and every opportunity I have to hang out with people and to include people in my life to be like, okay, is it, is this an important person? Do I need this person in my life? Is it a beneficial thing for anyone? So I, I just hope that I spend it with people that matter. I, if your number one is die with no regrets, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> no, um, I hope that <laughs> this actually my number one is about the afterlife. Um, I hope that it is I'm going to a happier, better place so that I don't have to haunt people. And I don't, I'm not an angry <laughs> Wait a minute. Those are the two options. It's a binary, like either I'm, <laughs> either I'm a ghost. I'm either a ghost or I'm in heaven, like living my best life. I There's no I in between. I have a starring role on that reality <laughs> show about ghosts. <laughs> I'm going to come back just for Paranormal God on camera. I would love, actually, now that you think of it, the, the best afterlife for me would be the, the uh, Beetlejuice afterlife. I just stay in my house. <laughs> 
That's pretty much what you yeah. do now. If I go outside, exactly. fucking sandworms are going to get me. That's how I feel now. <laughs> That's how I live my life now. The way everything outside I view as a metaphorical sandworm. So if that becomes a literal sandworm, no change. It's all the same. Yeah. I'd be very happy. So I believe it. You're never going to get to enjoy the bike lanes. <laughs> I'm never going to get to enjoy the bike lanes. I'll hear about that them. That wasn't for him, Billy. That was for the, the people. people. You know how non-self-centered <laughs> I did not own a bike when I started this. I was just tired of people speeding. And I fucking hate... <laughs> I fucking hate speed bumps. Speed bumps are the worst piece of shit. Oh All right. God, oh it's God. like an, an end around. <laughs> yeah, it's an alternate to a speed bump by like you reduce the width of the lanes. It naturally slows people down. <laughs> I, that's, that's just science. Oh, that makes sense. That's science. Okay, that makes sense. That concludes part one of our episode on death. Tune in next week for the bottom five and a lot more discussion on the nature and the terribleness and the wonderfulness and the everythingness of death. Bye. <laughs>